Thank you once again. Uh, I want to preach on Jesus, the light of the world, uh, this uh, morning. Jesus, the light of the world. Uh, the Bible, your, I was going to say pew Bible, you don't have pews here, but uh, your Bible says uh, disputes about Jesus' identity or something like that. Uh, I don't really want to focus on the negative. I want to talk about what Jesus claims uh, when he says, I'm the light of the world. That's the topic this morning. Um, and I'm, I'm focusing really just on verse 12, uh, although there are the whole chapter uh, is, uh, or section is really about discussing that topic. And, and I, like, uh, I like the fact that Jesus starts by saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. As this is interactive and it's a breakfast service, can somebody tell me how this ends? That's how it starts in verse 12. But in verse 30, what, what does it say in verse 30? How does this passage end? So Jesus proclaims he's the light of the world. Even as he spoke, many believed in him. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Even as he spoke, many believed in him. In Jesus' time, candles or giant menorahs were used as part of the celebration of the Feast of Booths. During this feast, the rock that provided water in the wilderness and the pillar of fire that provided light and guidance were remembered. Exodus 13, 21 tells us. The rock pointed to Jesus, as we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. And he also is the light to which the pillar signified. Jesus was standing close to that huge temple menorah, declaring himself to be that ultimate light and witness, as indeed he is. This menorah was a shadow of the coming Messiah and his chosen witnesses to the world, the body of believers, the church, the body of Christ. It is in this reference that Jesus declares, I am the light of the world. Not merely, sister, not merely to Israel, but to the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. We've been uh, 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 experiencing something recently. On the 29th, I think, um, the 29th? Yeah, something happened. Our clocks <laughs> fell backwards, right? And we gain an hour in the morning, but the evenings are getting too dark. 
But the idea of that is to give us uh, a bit more light so that we can actually work in the daytime for farmers in particular, because it's great that farmers do their work, because actually that's where we get our food. Food is a massive input to, to life, right? So is water. Uh, <laughs> so we need that, right? Also, it helps uh, with accidents, road accidents, to have light on our roads. It's very useful. Uh, energy uh, savings. Uh, by actually having that extra hour, we can uh, have a bit more natural light so that we don't use artificial light. So light in our lives is very important. In the natural. But Jesus Christ is light of the world in every sphere, every realm, every aspect. He's the light of the world. Yes, he's the spiritual light. But when the spiritual light comes... It touches every single facet of your life. Mamma mia, you didn't hear what I just said. <laughs> I think I'd forgotten I'm in a white church. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I was in a black or Pentecostal church, you'd be going nuts right now. <laughs> I mean, I said when Jesus comes into your life, his light of the world, he will touch every sphere of your life. Glory to God. And you bring transformation. And others will see Jesus in you, the light of the world. Many in our world today are walking in darkness. They do not have a reason for living. They don't have any purpose at all in life. No meaning at all. And Jesus comes and says, I'm the light of the world. He's offering help to distinguish between that which is true and that which is false. That which is wholesome and good and that which is bad. That which destroys life and that which gives life. Because Jesus Christ is life. He says, I'm the resurrection and the life. He came to give us abundant life. That's what he came to do. When you came to faith, Jesus transformed your life completely. You now have meaning and purpose and a reason for living. Because Jesus Christ dwells in you and you dwell in him. It's both ways. I don't know how that works intellectually. I don't know how I can live in Jesus and he lives in me. I've stopped. When I was a theologian, I used to try and figure it out. I've stopped figuring it out. <laughs> I've just now just accepted that Jesus lives in me. That's good enough for me. And I live in him. I don't need to figure it out. I'll let, I'll let some smart people do that. You know, I, I got to a master's level thinking that I was going to know more about God. And I realized I knew very little <laughs> about God. With my masters. <laughs> you understand me? <laughs> I mean, you can never intellectualize God. You can never exhaust knowing God. Are you feeling me? <laughs> That's why this faith is a daily process. Not only does Jesus give us light so that we can walk in the light... And not in darkness. But more than that. 
He wants us to have the light of life. He wants us to be the light of the world. His Father is the light. He is the light. By extension, He wants His church to be the light. And that's you and I. In fact, Jesus has no other option for the world today other than the church to promulgate the gospel. Again, he didn't hear what I just said. <laughs> there is no other way of communicating this beautiful good news other than the church. You are the only resort that Jesus has left to communicate his wonderful message. Church, listen to what I'm saying. You are the light of the world. As followers of him, he wants us to shine the light of Jesus. Now, I appreciated the fact that you were there from the beginning. Our partnership started way back there. Together off the fence and Bony Chapel have been shining the light of Jesus in Sussex, where there's a mid Sussex, or Hove, actually, or even decadent Brighton. God has been there, <laughs> shining the light. Isn't that wonderful? Why do you laugh when I say decadent Brighton? <laughs> Bowen is decadent as well. You know that. It's not unique to Brighton. And we really appreciate uh, the vision. I was reading your vision, actually, and... Uh, if I had time, I'll say, can somebody explain this to me so that I can understand it? But, uh, but uh, here's what uh, Boney Chapel's uh, website says. A welcoming community. And I've seen that firsthand myself. I mean, I love a church that gives you a breakfast, don't you? Oh, is it, is it time yet, brother? No, not yet. Is that? It's not, oh, okay, 20. Yeah, I, was, I was freaking out. I thought, boy, I barely said anything. <laughs> I'm only on page five. I've got about 20 pages to go. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm only kidding you. <laughs> so here's what he says, right? A welcoming community, hallelujah to that, that has discovered the love of God. I love that. A welcoming community that has discovered the love of God. We believe that God has revealed his love through the life, death, and resurrection of his son. Jesus. We are not perfect. Where well, I think so far you've been perfect uh, to me, uh, but uh, maybe you know yourselves better. <laughs> but we know that Christ, but in Christ, we have found forgiveness and peace. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? One of the things that distinguish us from the rest of the world is the capacity to forgive. Jesus has forgiven us, but he wants us to forgive. And I wasn't going here, but I'm going to go there. I just want to stop there for a minute and say, think about your own life. Think about situations where you need to forgive. Jesus afforded you forgiveness. He afforded you love. And Jesus is saying, by extension, as the light of the world... Why won't you afford that person you're having battles with or struggling with some love 
and self-forgiveness. Because those two things are the two things that distinguish us from all other religions. There is no religion with the capacity to love and forgive. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with God Almighty through the blood of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Somebody's warmed up. When he died on the cross and cried out to tell us die, the work of our redemption is now complete on the cross. And so why can't we take that work that was completed on the cross and forgive that individual? Love them, for Christ first loved us. I love your vision, and I pray that God continues to use you in this village and around this area and beyond. Bony Chapel's witness is not just limited to here. God will use you as light in more places than you can even imagine. Amen? Amen. We know it in Brighton and Hope because we have known the partnership we've had with you. And we appreciate that and we pray that God continues to bless you. Now for us, as I told you, our vision is to end social and spiritual poverty by restoring hope, empowering people, and resisting poverty through Christ, one soul at a time. We want to provide quality homes from which we can actually address causes. We want to empower our people through finances. We want to give them money. <laughs> give them money so they can go and start businesses. And we're going to coach them through that so they can be successful in their businesses. We want to use AI and the digital world to change how we do business and make money for the kingdom. <laughs> you don't believe me. You, know, you think this guy is a dreamer. You know, that ponytail, we knew this guy was high on something. That's what you think, right? But you know what? This is God's work. God always provides. One thing I've learned in my Christian walk with the Lord is this, that God always provides. I've been a believer for over 40 years. Where there's vision, there is provision. Where God's will is, he'll pay the bills. Amen? Amen. So when we talk about Addressing causes, we don't just mean that. Willy-nilly. We are dead serious about that. And we are actually, pray for us, we're actually thinking of acquiring a huge building. <laughs> Massive building. And uh, it's gorgeous. I mean, I can see it right now. I've been in it. I took a selfie in the building. Uh, and uh, it, it's in a beautiful place. Church of England. And we want to turn it into a wellness hub from which we can address real causes. And we're going to become a facilitator, multi-agent facilitator, where agencies who are bent on proclaiming the name of Jesus, who are bent on lifting Jesus high, we're going to work with people who are like-minded in terms of our values and our beliefs to mitigate against some of the challenges we face. We work amongst women in difficulty and children, work in schools, and of course we do the homeless work.
But in all our ministries, we want to have sustainability. Because we are begging for money most of the time. But I want to see off the fence one day in a place where they can actually be giving money away to others. <laughs> now you think he is really on drugs. Well, we got to trust in our name, don't we? Off the fence trust. And to trust dish out some money, don't we? <laughs> in all seriousness, wouldn't it be wonderful to actually have sustainability? So the work can carry on. So people ask me, what does good look like for off the fence? I say, good looks like this. That in 10 years from now, we are not doing anything of the stuff we're doing right now. <laughs> because the problems have been resolved. So we actually work ourselves out of employment. So I can chill by the beach. <laughs> That's what good looks like. There's no homelessness. There's no women in difficulty. People have come to faith and they're being discipled in their churches. Right? Young people. We prevented them from falling down that edge. Right? And I can chill. I can retire by the beach and also on the slopes. I'm a, I'm a skier. I'm, a, I'm a, a carver. Bam! I want to go and ski. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But there's always going to be needs, so maybe we'll be doing other things, but not what we're doing now. Right? That's what good looks like. That's the vision. So pray for us. That actually God will help us see this come to fruition. One of the things you could pray for right from the outset as I start this work. I've done, uh, I've done 90 days, brother. They judge you on the first 100 days, don't they? So I've got only 10 days to go. <laughs> so I better work hard, you know. This is Robert Mitha Roy. I've got 10 days to do it. Otherwise, I won't pass that probation. <laughs> Here's the thing. We want to continue to be the light of the world. In our city. Around the area, and one of our vision is to actually and don't tell this to anyone. Okay, this is top secret. <laughs> and if you tell this to anybody, I'll come and find you. I used to be, I used to be a gangster from Africa, and you know. <laughs> we want to be coastal, right from Hastings. Want to go all the way to Plymouth, helping those people most in need. And maybe inland, we can go a little bit inland, but not too much, you know, because I want to be by the sea. It's a selfish vision. <laughs> but my chairman said, Julio, come on, man. I mean, just coastal. I said, yeah. I said, Plymouth? I said, well, actually, Plymouth was just um, a place to stop on the coast, but I could go to Penzance if you want. <laughs> or the world. <laughs> But in all seriousness, we want to see communities in those areas that are suffering without Christ come to a realization of Jesus is the light of the world. I've got 10 minutes to land. Are you ready, sister? <laughs> Hallelujah. I thought that was a banana. I was going to eat it, but uh, let me move on. So how do we shine the light of Jesus 
to the world. We do it through our attitude and our actions. We do it through exhibiting the qualities of Jesus Christ to the world. Becoming more like Christ should be a desire for every believer. And it is encouraging to know that God has the same desire for us. In fact, the Bible says this, that God chose you as a believer to be conformed, to be conformed rather, to the likeness and the image of Christ. Romans 8, 29 tells us that. Making us Christ-like is God's work. He will see it through to the end. Salvation happens in a moment. Instantly. A right standing before the Lord. When we come to God, instantly we have been declared the righteousness of God. God has done that work for us through the finished work of Jesus Christ. In an instant, you are a believer. God does it for you. I uh, tell this story sometimes. I went on a package holiday. And I hate package holidays. I booked it without knowing. It was cheap. It was a cheap deal. And so I just booked it. I wanted to go to Italy. I wanted to have some pomodoro and enjoy some amaretto. Don't tell anybody about that. <laughs> and I uh, uh, booked this hotel. We got to the uh, airport, which is not far from here, actually. It's a London airport, not far from here. You know it, right? <laughs> and I'm not talking about Shoreham. <laughs> Yeah, it was some airport close by. And we got on the plane, and every single person on that plane was going to the same holiday. I mean, I was already in hell. I just wanted a little break from the English. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's not much to ask for, is it? I just, just want a little break, you know? I just wanted to chill with some Italians, you know, and just eat some uh, tomato and... And just have fun, you know, drink amaretto. And everybody is going on this package holiday. So we got, we got to the uh, other airport, the other side, and uh, there's two coaches waiting for us. We're all going to the same hotel. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, man, this is, this, I don't feel this. We're going past uh, 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 Napoli to wherever we're going, to the Amalfi Coast. I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm serious trouble here. I mean, all these people are coming to the same holiday. And then we go to the same excursions daily. You know, two excursions per day with the same people. I'm, see, I'm thinking, Lord, there's something wrong here. Uh, how did I get into this holiday? I mean, I'm just, I just need to be free from the prim and proper English people. You know, I just want a bit of chaos from Italy, you know. <laughs> I just want to be, you know what I'm saying? Anyhow. I mean, at the end of it all, I'm thinking, boy, I barely had any holidays. So I thought, tell you what, I said to my wife, I'm going to rent a car and do my own thing <laughs> and actually have a proper holiday. And so we rented a car and then a couple came and said, could we come with you as well? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I, 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 okay. So my wife is always practical. I said, oh, yeah, we could share the rental costs, you know. I don't really want to share nothing. I just want to be. I just want to go and be Italian. For two days, you know. 
My 10-day holiday is nearly over. Anyhow, at the end of the holiday, brother, I was, I was, I was not happy. I hadn't had a holiday. <laughs> so I'm sitting by the bar. This is the finished work of Christ is done by God. That's the point. Don't forget that, right? <laughs> it's God's work, not mine. So, so I'm by the bar now, and I want some serious amaretto this time. You know, it's like, give it to me. Give me the bottle. <laughs> I don't want just a little bit. Just give me the whole lot. So I'm, I'm by the bar, and everybody starts coming back from their coach excursions, right? Because we had gone by car. <laughs> They're all coming back. And they come back to my wife and they say, there's something different about you too. I say, oh no. No, I mean, the entire holiday is now by the bar with us saying, what is different about you? And I wasn't actually being a Christian. My attitude wasn't probably not that great, right? But they were seeing something in us that drew the entire holiday to us. And I'm thinking, what is going on? So we ended up actually coming out. I came out. <laughs> and I said, we're Christians. And they all tell us more. They all know. So we ended up actually sharing the gospel for almost like two, three hours to this entire place. It's God's work. I wasn't trying to be a Christian. <laughs> But here's the tension. I'm going to land here. Right? I've got five minutes to land. The tension is, it's God's work. Right? Are you saying amen? amen? It's God's work. However, however, the fact that God will transform us into the same likeness of Christ doesn't mean to say that we can sit back and wait to be transported into heaven. This process demands our willingness to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's the process of sanctification. By which the Holy Spirit makes us more like Christ. In all we do. All we think. All we desire. And it lasts for a lifetime. Sanctification is a daily process. We're becoming more and more more like Jesus on a daily basis. We must surrender and yield to him daily. There are three things, and I'm just going to mention them, and you're going to go home, you're going to do, do self-discipleship, you're going to study more about these three things. Number one, I'll surrender to God. What does that look like for you? Go ahead and study that. Number two, our freedom from sin, wrongdoing. And number three, our spiritual growth. Folks, I think I'm going to stop there. Light affects everything. It permeates the truth into every situation. As you clearly state in your vision, it's true love. You discover the love of Jesus here. He wants you, by extension, to go the love to the world. Starting lonely village. Starting right here. Starting mid Sussex. Let's pray.
Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word. That you are the light of the world. That your Father is the light of the world. That we as believers, by extension, are the light of the world. So Lord, I pray that you help us to become more and more like Jesus every day. Amen. Thank you all. May God bless you. I'm going to take all my notes in case he's tempted to preach from me next week. <laughs> I've recorded it all anyway.